Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody back to another episode of the Animals to the Max podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. I am so excited today. First of all, I'm excited because I talked to an awesome guest from Australia, from down under. We are, I don't know why I had to give them a southern accent. From Australia, mate. We, oh, that sounded awful. Anyway, please forgive my horrible Australian accent, but I talked to someone from Australia today and we are so excited. On the show today, I have Beth Mullany from West of Oz Wildlife in Perth, Australia. This organization currently cares for over 40 different educational animal ambassadors, including koalas, dingoes, pythons. It is amazing. So we talked to Beth about all the amazing animals that she works with and how they educate people about animals with their ambassadors. It's a very, very fascinating conversation. And, you know, honestly, I was so curious because they care for animals like koalas. And for me, I was like, oh my goodness, like, what would it be like caring for a koala? What is that like? They're one of the few facilities in Australia that has a special license to privately house koalas. And as you'll find out in the interview, koalas are not easy to care for. I learned so much. And honestly, koalas sound like a pain in the rear to care for. I thought, you know, honestly, sometimes I think I have it hard with the 30 animals I care for. After talking to Beth about what they do every day for the koalas, I'm like, oh my goodness, I am so thankful for Chompers and Sonny. I'm so happy they aren't as, you know, needy as a koala. I also talked to Beth about dingoes and just a bunch of different animals. It was very fascinating, you know, just because I myself here in the States own and, you know, run a nonprofit animal organization. And, you know, we do educational shows at schools and special events, and we kind of do the same thing. And, you know, but she just does it in Australia with different animals. So I had a lot of questions to ask. But before we get to the interview, I just want to say this is a very special episode. This is our 200th episode. Can you believe that? 200 episodes. We are almost approaching four years of the Animals to the Max podcast, and I can't even believe it. Four years ago, I just started this little show, and I just, you know, honestly, I never even knew what a podcast was, but my wife had mentioned something to me. She said, Corbin, you should really start a podcast because, you know, you love to talk, you never shut up, and you love to talk to people about animals. Like, what if you just recorded those conversations? And I totally give her credit. And this is like before, like I said, like I even knew how to go to my iPhone and listen to a podcast. And I just became obsessed. And the show has just been a complete labor of love. And I have met some of the most incredible people I've ever met and, you know, talked to through this podcast, I've, you know, um, in, in including listeners, I've like, you know, had listeners from around the world who listen to the show and um, you've reached out to me through emails, through DMs on Instagram. It is just, it's such, it, it honestly, it's feels, it's so fulfilling. I just want to say I've absolutely loved the show and I thank you so much for listening and thank you for celebrating our 200th episode with us. Thank you for doing that. Uh, here's to another 200 more. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know how long the show's going to go, but 200, I'm pretty proud. So anyway, with that said, before we get to the interview with Beth, as always, please make sure to rate and review the show. I would just appreciate it. It helps push the show out there to more people who are looking for 
Animal Podcast. It just takes 60 seconds and I appreciate it. So please rate and review it. Also, I encourage you to join Beth and I for the after show. That is right. Join us for the after show. And all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max. If you're wondering what Patreon is, Patreon is just a subscription service. It's just a way, if you like the show, just to throw in a couple dollars to support the show every month. Patreon packages start at just $10 a month and you literally get to support the show and you get to listen to behind the scenes after show interviews. And we have tons of them. We have hours of audio that is available to only Patreons. And you can access that right now by just heading on over to our Patreon page. I will put the links in the show notes. This time in the after show, Beth and I talk just kind of about running the West of Oz wildlife organization and how she juggles her family. We also talk about some of the animals and the celebrities that they have met uh, during the day in Australia. Beth talks about presenting a koala to Bruno Mars, meeting Celine Dion, Pink, and you'll never guess who was the nicest, you know, and you have to check that out. So you'll have to find out. Listen to the after show to find out. Okay, with that said, let's get to it. Let's head down to Australia. Beth, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. I love our Australian guests. Can you just talk for me? <laughs> I love your accent so much. Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Now, do I have an accent to you being from Idaho? Yes. Really? Very, very American. Very, yeah. <laughs> very American. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very cool. Well, thank you for joining us. I was so excited you actually reached out to me about your organization and running a wildlife yeah. outreach organization. And, you know, you, you care for a variety of different animals from koalas to dingoes to pythons. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you sound like the perfect person for the show. So much fun. Yeah. Very lots of animals over here. Yeah, and I just found it interesting. So, where in Australia are you based? Um, so we're in Perth, so on the west You're side. The west side of Australia. Okay. Yeah. And you, West Oz Wildlife. How many animals do you currently care for? Um, I think we're close to forty. Forty animals. We're, we're busy. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you start like an animal rescue? How did you acquire all these animals? Um, it's quite an interesting story, actually. So I'll take you, do you want to go way back? Let's from go. From the beginning. Let's go way, way back. <laughs> way I, back. Yep. So it. it actually started with my husband. So mm -hmm. this is prior to me meeting him. So he actually used to work with Steve Irwin over at Aussie Zoo. Yeah. Wait, so he look at my hat. Dreams. So, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I wore my Australia Zoo crocodile ah, hunter hat. There you go. Oh um, so childhood dream, loved animals, uh, moved over there when he was 17, worked with Steve uh, with the crocs. And then back in Perth, this little wildlife park came for sale. So he decided to basically buy it, um, move back over here. And then I later met him a few years after that. So I'm actually from England originally. Never, wor never worked with animals before. Um, was not that I wasn't an animal person, but definitely had a bit of a fear from it. So we were complete opposites, which probably is how it all worked <laughs> originally. Yeah. And now look at me now. Um, yeah. Long story short, we had the wildlife park for five or six years. Um, we only leased the land that we were on, 
and mm. like most properties in Australia, I don't know if it's like that over where you are, they got developed. So we oh. we lost everything. So mm. we had six weeks to basically move 200 animals to oh nowhere where we had to go. So most of the animals, you know, we had camels, emus, ostriches, like way big things that were very hard to move. We had about 50 kangaroos. Um, luckily we had other facilities that would take them on. Mm. Um, and then we had a small property that we were allowed to move our koalas, dingoes, wombats, all the little thing, well, little, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the manageable things we could move there. So it was a bit of a whirlwind to be honest. We, um, I had a seven month old baby at the time. So oh it was like God. hectic. Um, and at the, at the time we kind of, I guess we didn't know what to do. We kind of were just sitting and waiting. Our plan was always to rebuild, but we kind of had nowhere to go. Um, what do we do? So we just started working small jobs, you know, we did cleaning jobs and, mm. you know, I think I worked four jobs. Tim worked away on the mines just to try and cover the cost. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of began we started thinking how can we sort of support, you know, what it's like. Um, animals don't come cheap to look after them. So there's a lot of hidden costs involved. So I started taking the animals out to community groups to get gold coin donations, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. <laughs> just to come. And that's how it all began. So then we just, we just realised the whole we always had a passion for obviously wildlife education, mm -hmm. but when we went out to these places, like just the impact that it was having as opposed to what we saw at the park was unbelievable. And that's just where, and so 10 years now we've been running West Oz. Yeah. Wow, 10 years. And I was just fascinated yeah. when you reached out because I mean, I've run an educational outreach I guess, organization here. And we mainly deal with reptiles, but you have like yeah. koalas and dingoes. And <laughs> I have a, do you have to have a special permit to, to house a yeah. koala? Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Um, Australia, especially WA is probably the hardest place to acquire animals. So we ran by the department um, and we were, we have to obviously have licenses for all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Cause there, there are other educational outreach stuff in Australia, but I don't think a lot of them have koalas, do they? It seems like a pretty interesting animal yeah, ambassador. Yeah, we're quite lucky. Yeah, I think it comes from basically just the experience we've had with them um, has mm. allowed us to, and to be honest, we the, the way we've been doing it for so long is we do it quite well. So, um, mm. yeah, they're super, super healthy and Love mm -hmm. it. Although they're all different, though. There's only some that go out. Okay. So we've got um, we've got a few koalas, but each animal has their own personality. So as you would know, and some literally don't like coming out. So which is fun. Yeah. What is it like caring for a koala? Because I know people just want to go and cuddle a koala. It is like the thing to do. But can't <laughs> koalas be aggressive? They are not very cuddly. Yeah. I think I... Um, I did a poll on this on my Instagram the other day and I said, have I been bit more by a snake or a koala? And it's a koala hands down. Mm. Like they are savage. To be honest, in the wild, they 
it's not like they would approach you and attack. They're just defensive. So mm. like any animal. So if you went up to one and think, oh, it's so cute. I want to go and touch this koala. Mm -hmm. They would scratch and bite and things like that. Yeah. Can I tell you another animal that I've worked with firsthand? And I've been bit by this animal that so many people think are so nice. One other animal is sloths. Oh, really? Sloths are not nice. And oh, wow. I was bit. I know pe my wife laughed so hard because you were bit by the slowest animal in the world. <laughs> but listen, in my defense, Your it was. reflexes obviously aren't that good. <laughs> no. Well, actually, there's kind of more of a story to it. But I was actually trying to the. So there was a younger zookeeper holding the sloth and she it, it was her first time holding this big giant sloth. His name was Albert Einstein. And anyway, Albert was trying to get off and shimmy down her because when you hold the sloth you hold them by the um you hold them by the i guess by their by their arms and then they kind of hold on to your your waist and anyway in the transition of her trying to pass him off like to me he got my leg and went right through it it was insane like crazy canines yeah, yeah i have a scar but anyway people always say i want to cuddle a sloth and i'm like no you don't yeah, and what are their teeth like? Is, is their jaw pressure strong or does it bleed? Very strong. And they were like, yeah, yeah. the canines are over two inches. They were yellow. And um, I mean, not that it matters, but that just makes the story sound better. But literally, they were like <laughs> yellow, like popcorn yellow. And I literally saw it happen. He sunk into my thigh. And it was, at, it was at a time, it was during a filming project where I could not... Um, it just, there was a bunch of stuff going on, cameras and audience. So I didn't even, my wife didn't even know I was bit. Like no one knew I was bit. To this day, the show producers don't even know I was bit, but I just kept my cool. And I finally, an hour later after taping, I was able to take my jeans off and look at the holes through my jeans. And yeah, uh, wow. I have a star. That happened to my husband once. Um, we were filming um, for a new show. Uh, mm -hmm. when we had crocs and my hubby was in the water with the crocodiles getting footage uh -huh. and then after they'd finished shooting he came out and his leg was just pouring oh, with blood shoot. and we cannot pick up on the footage where he was when he was bitten because he just had to keep rolling oh no <laughs> oh, no! Oh. i think he had like 10 stitches it was so bad but oh. um were these were these salt the cameras notice oh my god were these saltwater crocodiles now nah, fresh. Thank God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Saltwater Crocs. He wouldn't be there. Fresh. Oh my. No, no, you definitely noticed that one. Yeah. I, uh, I currently house two alligators and it's funny. People always ask me and we have a lot of, we have a big fan base from Australia and people are like, would you ever want to work with Crocs? I mean, and I would, but I always make the joke. I don't think I'd be alive because yeah. the way, seriously, the way I'm able to work with my alligators, it's so yeah. different from how a croc, like their behavior is regarding their aggression and they're su such a different animal. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, that's crazy. You guys had crocs. Did you decide when you left the park that you just didn't have the room for crocs? Is that why they stayed or what made you? Um, yeah, we didn't have the room. And also um, the licensing here is very different to when you, if you have a mobile display. So if you want to take a crocodile out here, mm -hmm. you can probably only have, have them up to about uh, 60 centimeters. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. whereas in Darwin, which is at the top, people mm -hmm. can own salties as pets. What? Yeah. It's crazy. Wait, wait, you could buy one just on the internet or can you go out and catch one? No, I'm not sure, but people have them in their gardens for sure. Really? 
I've this is the first I've ever heard of that. Is it just like is is it a problem people getting crocodiles as pets? Like people here in the states getting alligators? Um, I wouldn't say it's a problem. It's just the level of what you're allowed in different states is just so diverse. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, because that's it. Because in Texas, I think here in the states you can have a tiger. I think for now. Anyway, it's just crazy. The yeah, laws man. are pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I would not recommend a saltwater crocodile. That's crazy. Yeah. I saw you have a Woma though. Love Womas. Oh, I love how you say Woma. Or do so, you call the, do you say Woma? No, what no. Is... I say Wooma. Does it just like oh, make goodness. you does it make you cringe when I say this is my Wooma Python? And Python? It's Python. Oh my God, there's not an E in Python. Wooma. It's so funny. When I do shows, I'm like, this is a Wooma Python because everyone's like, what is it? A woman Python? I was like, no, it's a Wooma Python. Oh yeah. Oh, he's beautiful. They're one of my favorite that we've got. We've got three species. We've got carpets, stimmies, and stimsons and womas. And womas are hands down the nicest. They're they, so cool. And they have personalities too, which is crazy. Yeah. They're probably one of the most like docile ones that we've got. Like, yeah. They're just so chill. Yeah. And did you know when I got him in 2006, it was from my buddy who, um, who breeds snakes here in the States. And he literally could not afford to buy a female, uh, Wooma python or a, a woma <laughs> python he he couldn't he couldn't afford to buy a female they were thousands of dollars and he said do you just want to buy my male and i saved up my money when i was a junior in high school and got sydney oh, that's how yeah. i got him yeah but he, they were thousands back in the day now they're a lot lower cheaper but yeah i think over here they go for about a thousand really buy yeah yeah I would say out of all the snakes I have, though, for anyone, like, I could pass him off to a kid. He'd be completely fine. I mean, he's so, yeah. so calm and docile for sure. Yeah, my toddler holds him a lot. Yeah. She's very interested. Yeah. So, interesting. that is so cool. So, you're doing these educational outreach programs, and yeah. and you're bringing a variety of different animals, like, to schools. Like, tell me more. Do you guys do, like, a presentation? Is that kind of along the lines of what you do? Yeah, so it's a mix of obviously education and hands-on. So mm. we, not that I'm against reading and learning and researching about animals, but I definitely feel the impact it can have if you actually get to meet that animal mm. is way far more better. So mm. um, we go to schools, we usually take the koala, the dingo, oh the God. reptiles, um, and the kids are just, they just get excited. Like they're just so in awe. They, they want to learn more. Like I've, um, I've got a story. We were at a shopping center a few mm -hmm. months ago mm -hmm. and this little girl, she, not that she was scared of snakes, but she never really had a, a need to sort of learn. You know I mean, there was nothing drawing her to obviously get to know reptiles. Mm -hmm. Um, she spent 10 minutes with us, like interacting, getting to know this particular snake. Her mum rings me the other day and says, ever since that day, she has not stopped recent, like learning about snakes. She talks about snakes all the time. She wants a snake. Um, and that never would have happened. So now in the wild, the snakes that she sees are going to be respected mm -hmm. So and not harmed. So that's our goal. We're trying to not only raise awareness, I think a lot of people don't know the struggles that animals are having in the wild, especially koalas, but 
we want this whole perception of these animals to be you know snakes are so misunderstood they they have personalities as you say they, they do yeah, we've got ones that literally love to just sit on your face and have cuddles and i just think um the more we can feel about them the more that when we leave those schools they'll want to go and learn more themselves yeah, I think one of my favorite things, because, yeah, we pretty much do the same thing, is I remember I did this event in, like, this country town in Idaho. So if you think I sound, have an accent, <laughs> these people are country, like country people, yeah. and not making fun of country people. I love those types of people. But the gal who booked me for, for the show was like, every time I see a snake, I usually cut their heads off. And I was like... Yeah. And first of all, I like, I had to bite my tongue. Cause that just is like, I was so mad. Like, Oh my God. But I remember after my show and she met my Wuma Python, um, <laughs> she wrote me a letter after that show a, a week later and I got it in the mail and it said after your show, Corbin, I enjoyed it so much. I will no longer cut the heads off rattlesnakes. And I thought, Oh my God, like, this is why I do what I do. Yeah. And that's one person. Like, one. that's why I say, even if you can reach one in the day, like it's, your your mission's been made for the day yeah. like yeah i just love it and even um even adults it's not even kids adults mm. they just um not that they're intentionally not wanting to know we're just so oblivious to things mm -hmm. um you know that many things you scroll on facebook now to be honest i don't even read half of it because no. you just scroll but when you have that face-to-face -face conversation with someone um we had another one the other day with the koala we um like most things, we um, can get some negativity around displaying wildlife. Mm -hmm. um, she was very judgmental from the face front, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. just made a quick opinion about it. But I invited her in and we had like a 10-minute conversation and I said, this has a name. He's this, you know, he's 13 years old. We've had him as a baby. This is what we're doing. And instantly her whole perception was like, I love what you're doing. Like just having that, that chat as opposed to, you know, looking at something and moving on just literally changed her opinion in 10 minutes. Now, did she voice her opinion on social media? Is that what she did? Um, no, to us. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, which I don't mind. Like if you're respectful, people can ask like, I'd prefer that than them to make a judgment and walk away. Mm -hmm. um, it's to, You're not going to win everybody over, but like people are going to have their opinions. But after we had the conversation, she really understood our heart and mm -hmm. kind of then understood why we do what we do. Yeah. Oh, that's difficult. I mean, when you are faced with that, because here in the States, it, it, it's like that too. And we're getting to a more and more... Um, very uh i don't even know like people in in animal education are very scared here because a lot yeah. of states are trying to put a kibosh to it there's a lot of you know anti-zoo anti you know just yeah. anti-captivity in general and there's this a lot of people want all the animals to be free and live in this beautiful world and which it, it doesn't really exist and so um yeah it is a really difficult time it's interesting that you face that in australia as well it's so hard and I'd be lying if I said it didn't affect me. Like it's, um, I'm getting better at it mm -hmm. because I try to see it as that's one person out of the thousand people that you've seen this week, but it hurts. Like 
especially when you these animals especially they live at home with us they're mm. our life they're when someone says that you kind of take it so personally because mm. you're like what I literally would do anything for these animals. I would, mm-hmm. I, you know, when one's sick, we spend thousands and thousands of dollars and time. And so for them to make that judgment off nothing, it's like a dagger to the heart, but I'm trying to put it in perspective. But it's so hard, especially with how social media is. The keyboard warriors are the worst. Yeah, we uh... are. Yeah. I had a, I struggled early on. Um, now I feel like I'm kind of numb to it. Uh, yeah. Because we're at a place where my numbers have just, they're at a place where I just, it dream come true where it's now our videos are seen by millions of people. But I remember when my videos were first picking up, I had trolls and people attacking me for how we house the alligators. And I'm sitting here thinking like, we just built these alligators, a house that's bigger than mine. It is on the river. They have, a, they have a beach or under palm trees, like heated water. We're working on an outdoor yard. And I, I took it so personal because I put every yeah. dime that I made into housing these two rescued alligators. I don't make money off of them. So it's like they're, yeah. so I'm just like, so when people, I, t- I totally feel what you feel like and you feel so personally attacked and you just want to rip through the screen and say, you don't understand. And it's, it's yeah. so, it's so hard. Yeah. And it's deflating. Like, it's like, Oh, yeah. what am I doing? Like, yeah. And I just think, I just keep trying to remind myself, well, what are you doing for animals? For the people that keep doing that, you're not going out and educating people. Yeah. 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 So what I, what I realized though, is these people are coming from a place of passion. Now, some of them are just downright mean and you just don't have to deal with it, yeah. but there are, but I genuinely like try to look in their shoes and realize, okay, maybe they are concerned because they aren't educated on maybe alligator husbandry. They just don't know. And if they saw the full picture, 100% they'd understand, but unfortunately they can't and you can't please everyone. And like, yeah. And I look at it, at least they're caring for the animal, but no, I totally feel how you, uh, I totally yeah. get it. Well, that's like this lady in particular, once she understood, she actually apologized and said, I used to be a rescue care and it really took a toll on my mental health and I Mm. think I took it out on you so I was like that's fine just hear me out that's all I ask is just just hear the other side there's always another side and a bigger picture like you said Mm -hmm. I like that and I like that you kept your cool you didn't curse at them (laughs) were you like okay come back here uh yeah (laughs) come and join oh my gosh (laughs) Yeah, I think if most yeah. people saw the behind the scenes or what it was like, I think a lot of people would understand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that is crazy. So tell me more about what's it like to care for a koala? I am so curious. Is it hard? Are they like sleeping all day? Is it? I mean, what is that like to have a koala um, in your backyard? They're pretty hard. Um, hard, to, say, hard to care for? Hard to look after. Yeah, really? more in terms of the food okay. so they're known as one of the fussiest eaters in the world so um obviously they eat eucalyptus leaves there's about 700 different species of leaf and they probably eat about 10 what <laughs> yeah out of the 700 eucalyptus yeah. they only eat 10 so really fussy. so every day we have to i think it takes us about two hours a day to go and cut their leaf um, and they only eat um, the tip of the tree like you know the really young shoots that's all they eat so 
and it's not like um you know if if you put up a different type of leaf and they're starving they'll eat it they just won't eat wait are you, so are you going out to like a park and just collecting like leaves or limbs with your husband or do you have them on property the uh, um, we've got a few so one koala needs about a thousand trees a year a so, thousand trees a year a year so we oh drive God. um we've got like certain private properties we go and knock on their door and say hey you've got koala leaf on your property can we come and chop it um and then hopefully the trees that we cut will regrow every few months so we've kind of got a system per season so obviously some species will grow better in winter some will grow better in summer so we kind of map it out for the year and go to different places so can you oh my god this just sounds like such a pain okay so what i do with my animals is i'll go to the grocery store and i'll chop up a bunch of greens (laughs) and then put them in a bowl and i'm able to have them for like three days i'll mix them together can you chop a bunch of brows for koala and then like can it be out for a few days or do you have to chop it every day for them fresh? Every day in winter, we sometimes do a double day, but we can't do any more than two. And in summer you have to do one a day. Can you, you can't put extra in for the day and be like, Oh honey, let's take a day off. You have to go. Not even Christmas day. No. (laughs) Really? Every day, yeah. you can't say Jimmy the koala has. Oh my God, that is such a dedication. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, wow. Every day. Yeah, and then um, they obviously don't drink water, so they get all their water from the leaves as well. Um, so that's why it's so important to cut every day in summer, so it's hydrated. I Otherwise, didn't. The- I did not know that koalas did not drink water. I thought they. Yeah. I mean, really, they don't ever occasionally want a little swig. Um, obviously if you see like, um, there's a bushfire or something, they can go down to a bowl and like lap, but 50% of their water's in the leaf. So they don't need to go down to a bowl. Okay. And can you, so how much will one koala, you said one koala will eat a thousand trees in a year. How much is one koala eating in a day? Um, about 500 grams to a kilo. Okay. Uh, so, so how, how many probably like <laughs> big lettuce, okay maybe? okay so yeah, i can okay they only at the top oh what a pain and then we have to remove that whole because obviously they're up high so we can't just cut off the top you have to cut like two meters of the branch does okay. that make sense yeah and yeah, then yeah. pop it in the tree where they live so then they'll eat the top so then the next day we remove what they haven't eaten and then replace it with a new one this sounds like such a pain. Yeah. <laughs> They're I not as easy. They wouldn't be good pets. No. And so w- what do you house them in? Like, what are their enclosures like? Um, so at the moment they are in, oh, I can't even really do I'll have to send you photos. Like just a big fenced area, double fence, and then all trees everywhere. Really? Yeah. And you have little stands where you put the, the tree limbs in. Is that what you do to feed them? The, yeah, yeah would... like little pots. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like... yeah. And what ha- Okay, and what are the names of your koalas? Um, so we've got four at the moment. So we have three girls. We've got, they're all Ks. So Kira. Kira. I'm writing it down. K. And then she's got two daughters, Kimba and Keely. Okay. 
And then we have a boy called Judah. Judah. Okay. And who is like the, 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 who is the nicest koala, the easiest to work with in front of people? Judah. He's the best. Judah. Okay. Is it hard to get Judah though? Like what if you have to go to a show or a presentation and he's all the way up in a tree? Like how does that work? Um, to be honest, I'll say, I'll send this to you. The other day we walked into their pen and Judah and Kira, they're our two main ones that come out. They were mm. on the floor waiting to be picked up oh. to come out. <laughs> oh my God. My heart just melted. Are you serious? They, love, they just love cuddles. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Are you like over it? Are, are you like jaded by it since this is every day for you? Or do you still give like cuddles to... The koalas um i think i get it gets you get complacent but then when you talk to people you kind of need to realize yeah i get to cuddle a koala that's pretty cute but <laughs> and do they smell like uh eucalyptus like the the mints i can't smell it because i think i'm immune to it but people say they do like because we we have eucalyptus cough drops i'm imagining they smell like cough drops yeah <laughs> really um I think so. Maybe my car smells like it too. Oh it's my. full of leaves. and. Yeah. Oh, what dedication. Okay. Are there any other fun things that many people wouldn't know about koalas? I didn't, I guess I never really thought about actually caring for one personally. Any other fun yeah. things? Um, so they do sleep all day. All so day. So they usually sleep um, 18 to 20 hours. Wow. It's pretty average. Um, but when you say sleep, I would, they kind of doze. Okay. So they can't, it's not like they go in a deep sleep. They kind of just doze all day because the leaves are so toxic. So they're one of, I think them possums and gliders are the only species that can solely survive on eucalypt. Really? They're poisonous. They're so poisonous. They, okay. Yeah. So it takes a really long time to digest them. Oh my gosh, that is so evolutionary. That's so weird. Why yeah. an animal would adapt? I guess evolved to eat because maybe there's plenty of because um, not a lot of other animals are eating that type of foliage. So maybe that's yeah. the reason why you know. Yeah, they won't adapt to eat anything else. Like it's interesting. No, no treats whatsoever. Nothing. They won't eat anything else. Nothing. No. I'm just so shocked. It's just crazy. I just, I like maybe a sweet potato or a banana, nothing at all. Okay. No, when they're, um, when they're sick, you can give them like a type of paste, which is like a milk powder, Okay. but they can't survive on it long term. Okay. It's kind of like a supplement thing, but nothing like, yeah, no lettuce or veggies ah. or anything. Um, and they're a marsupial, like a kangaroo. Okay. Um, so they have a little joey. Okay. Um, what else do I need to tell you? Um, the joeys eat their mum's poo. Did oh you know my gosh. I think, yeah, because you actually sent me in your pitch email. You said, did you know that joeys eat the, yeah. their mum's poo? And I'm like, this gal sounds great. <laughs> With a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And is that to get the extra nutrients? Yeah. So they can't, because the leaves are so toxic, they can't drink milk and then eat the leaves. So okay. it's kind of, um, it's like a special formulated poo that the mum produces and it, the baby will eat it to get all the gut bacteria and stuff so they can eat these toxic leaves. Really? Like you'll see them when we've had joeys and their face is just covered in poo. 
Oh, God. And, well, are you kind of happy, though, secretly? You're like, yes, I don't have to clean up koala poo. We have joeys, right? Or... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Do they, since they eat leaves, I'm assuming they go to the bathroom all the time? Yeah, they do um, a lot of droppings, yeah. What is it like? What does it look like? Um, Like little pellets. Oh. Um, And if you open it up, it's just got leaves in it. So it's probably not like a really gross poo. Nah, it's hard. It's not, um, you can hold it like in your hand. It's not, um. I wonder if it's like deer poo. Have you ever seen deer poo or like ungulate poo? Yeah. Is it kind of like that? Like pellet wise? They kind of look like cocoa pebbles, like little cereals? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like a little nugget. Yeah. A little nugget. So it's more elongated. Yeah, long. Yeah. Really? Oh my God. Okay. That is so interesting. Okay. That is, uh, that's so fascinating with koalas. And I mean, what happens if you have like another Joey born? Do you have room for more koalas or do you um, send them to other facilities? No, we've got room. So we, um, we're trying at the moment actually to get a boy over. Um, cause our last breeding male passed away. So okay. we are working with other zoos to try and get another bloodline in. Okay. So, cause they can only have one joey a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite hard to reproduce them mm-hmm. and they, they're quite susceptible to throwing their joeys as well. Like, um, oh. if they're, there's, there's not really a reason for it. It could be the mum is stressed or the joey maybe isn't healthy but they can actually throw them out of the pouch so oh oh my gosh okay and with the koalas you have were they rescued from being hit on the road or just from zoos what are the backstories um so we've bred all of ours so they're not actually in the wild in wa in perth you can't get rescue ones here oh um and there's kind of it's a bit political in Australia. There, you can't really. What's the word? You can't really put a rescue koala in captivity. Oh, okay. So they. There's it's lots very... of rules and regulations and. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. it's kind of like they either need to be euthanized or put in the wild. Really? Oh my god. Yeah. And. <sighs> I don't know if this is like out of line, but can anybody, cause so you said you have to have a special permit. So no one in Australia can just go and buy a koala is it's a pretty tedious process. Yeah. So they're protected by law. So you can't, um, okay. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to, um, go and get one as a pet. I just didn't like know that. how much do they cost? <laughs> Lots of money. <laughs> really? I've never yeah, thought you're about probably it. Probably looking like 20 to 50 grand. Really? Per koala. Yeah. Per koala. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That is, I'm writing it down like I'm going to invest. I, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Is this, is this on your dream list? No, yeah. no, not at all. And I know that, us, no, not after you told me about the foliage and, oh my God, that sounds, <laughs> Beth, that sounds horrific. I thought, so I'll tell you what the biggest pain for me is our alligator house in Idaho in the wintertime last year, we had two stoves in the building just to keep it warm. So we had a wood stove and a wood pellet stove. And several times a day I had to stock the fire and put pellets in. I'm talking two or three in the morning, like, and it just yeah. was such a pain. And, um, 
but I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't, that was like the most time consuming thing. Luckily now we've had a heater, which, um, we invested in a big industrial heater, which we don't have to do pellets anymore, but that was time consuming and such dedication. But I'll tell you what, having to go pick brows for two hours a day, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 It yeah. keeps us busy for sure. Well, I've got eight staff now, so it helps eight a lot. Staff? Having, oh my... having the kids. Really? I don't think I could do it by myself. Yeah. No. Oh my god, it's crazy. Eight staff members, really? Full time? Yeah. Um, well, part time. Part time. Okay. And do they assist with the yeah, with the with the cutting of the eucalyptus and doing the presentations as well? Yeah. A whole lot. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. So how many programs would you say you do in a year? Um, I think last year we did how many? 700. Holy cow. Yeah. 700 programs. Yeah. So today we've got four out today. Four. Yeah. Oh my God. So you took time, especially to do the podcast and you didn't have to do it <laughs> and you didn't have to do a program today. No, no. I kind of, um, I do go and do them, but I think I did it for myself for five years and then I've got three kids now. So I kind of have took a step back in terms of the business side and the animal side. And then the guys go out and do the shows. Okay. So you've done shows yourself. We all have them. What is like the funniest moment that's ever happened to you during a show in front of people? Oh, um, I get weed and pooed on a lot. That's probably a classic we, one. I love how you say weed. Oh my God, weed. weed. Oh my God. If I said weed, people here in the States would think I'm talking about an illegal drug. Oh no. Oh yeah. If I said weed, people would be looking around the audience like, wait, what? Someone say weed? No, I can't say. Someone's got weed. Yeah. Someone's got weed. No. Okay. Weed. So peed. Okay. Weed. Okay. And I love all the kids. Um, reactions like literally like what do you think could hurt a koala a dinosaur yeah. or like like they've just got the funniest responses or do you know i've got a dingo which they don't but they just love saying i've got a dingo at home as well and what, what do you what do you say to that you're like oh that's great yeah i'm like that's awesome <laughs> yeah I, I have to agree with kids too because i've like tried to in the past like no you know like they're not for, and then it's like, wait, I'm like trying to like crush this kids. Is kids yeah, like lying? They're excited. Let, him, they're excited. Yeah. Let them do it. Yeah. That's crazy. Speaking about dingoes, how many dingoes do you currently care for? Five. Five. And are they just like caring for a dog? Um, kind of, they can't fully be domesticated. So I would never let our dingoes off a lead. Really? Um, yeah. They kind of they always have that instinct to kind of, they're a bit like a cattle dog, you know, like, um, do you have Kelpies and stuff? No. Over there? Like, no. Maybe. Wait, wait, a Kelpie. I'm trying to think. Kelpie? We, have, we have like blue healers and. Oh yeah. Kind of like a blue healer. Okay. Like a, okay. Yeah. So they would always chase and sort oh. of have that instinct and stuff. So we've had all of ours as puppies. So we've always raised them in the home. Okay. Um, but then it's got to a point when they, so our last two, we've got six month old pups at the moment Oh wow. and they, they now live outside. Okay. So it's not like they're part of the, the home life at okay. a certain age. And do you have dogs too? No, we don't. Well, my last pet dog died last year, so we oh. haven't got a new one yet. Okay. Did your dog though and the dingoes get along? Mm, 
I probably would say no. <laughs> really? Yeah. So dingoes, they you kind of have to be born or accepted as a puppy into their pack because they're like a pack dog, so sure. pack animal. So you, we, so story. We had um, we've got two dingoes that live together. So they were brother and sister. Okay. Then we rescued a dingo seven years ago and he wasn't accepted into their pack. So he actually lived with a greyhound. Oh. So like a normal to be it because they can't live on their own. They you're either their pack or you need another dog to be their pack. They they'll never live on their own oh. outside kind of thing. Um and then we just got these new puppies and we wanted to put them with this dingo um and they live happily together so okay okay each other yeah so you have to have some type of companion animal for a dingo always yeah always okay and how are they during presentations you have them on a lead yeah always on a lead um and they get padded they're really friendly oh okay so they're not like aggressive or anything no not at all they're more timid so um, if one of our dingoes lies down, that means you can't touch him. Um, oh. That means he just wants a break. They kind of, they they don't want to be a bit like most dogs. You can't really overcrowd them and they don't really like their face being touched and things like that. Okay. Do you feed them dog food or raw meat? Yeah. Oh, you yeah, feed- just meat, biscuits. Really? Yeah. Okay. So they're not, do you ever feed them raw meat to supplement them or feed them like whole prey or anything? No. Oh, they get a few birds themselves. Oh, There's God. There's a few feathers in, their, in oh. their pens. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, we just feed them like raw chicken. Okay. Beef. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. And do they, do, do they just like transporting them? Do they just go in like crates or how does that work when you're. They just sit on the back seat of the car. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever have people like look at you like what is going on why do you have a dingo in your front seat most people go oh that looks like a dingo it is a dingo oh (laughs) my gosh and they have a pretty bad reputation don't they yeah yeah very bad they're so misunderstood as well yeah i just did an episode on coyotes and i feel like coyotes and dingoes are pretty similar regarding the hatred yeah in North America, people, a lot of people do not like coyotes and just want them shot on sight. And dingoes, don't they have bounties on them still? Yeah, I think what's happened is there's not really many purebred dingoes left in the wild. So they're crossing with feral dogs. Oh. And so up, um, then they're going onto farms and killing chickens and sheep and all the farmers hate them and all that kind of stuff. But it's really not the purebred dingoes that are causing the problem mm-hmm. and we've kind of adapted people will start feeding them in the wild so then of course they aren't wild anymore they start approaching people and then you have all these issues so so can people shoot them on site there in australia i'm pretty sure they're not protected yeah i'm pretty sure they can be shot uh same with foxes too because those are invasive right yeah yeah well they're feral here so they yeah. can um they be shot yeah that and cats yeah, cats are a big problem here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, they kill so much local wildlife. It's, I mean, yeah, over like a billion animals or something. One of my Australian buddies told me the stat, and it's like very sad. It's 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 alarming how many small mammals and reptiles and amphibians cats kill. Yeah, wow. Yeah, feral ones. It's crazy. Yeah, well, even just pet cats. Yo, yeah, 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 pet yeah. cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them combined, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So as we wrap this interview up, I have a question. Do you have a dream animal that you would like to acquire or work with and add to your program? Um, don't know. I'd love to stick with Aussie animals. Oh, Um, you wouldn't want to put an American in there? (laughs) Or the exotic. A little alligator. Um, um, Oh, I'd love to get like a penguin. That would be pretty Oh, cute. my God, yes. But it would be so hard, though, to care for, though. So hard. I know. And we'd need to be fully set up for that. Um, what else? Or an echidna? Oh, an echidna. Oh, my God. So yeah, they'd be really cute, too. Do you ever see them in the wild? Yeah, I've seen a few. Yeah. Are they just walking around? I mean, they're mainly nocturnal, right? Yeah, I've only seen them at nighttime when they're, like, crossing roads and stuff. Oh you know. my God. That is so cool. And you're, you said, so you're on the West side, so you must not have any crocodiles. Is that true? No, but we do spend a lot of time at the top in Darwin. We see them all the time up there. That's oh, so cool. What's the biggest croc you've ever seen? Oh, um, we saw, I was only up there a few weeks ago. We saw one. What was it? Four meters. Maybe. Okay. So can you put that in feet terms for our listeners? Oh, uh, <laughs> I, no, I don't know. Would that be like 17 feet? Am I wrong? Yeah, Is it? Quite big. Okay. Quite big. Cause they can get over 20 croc. feet. Big croc. A big croc. It would be a dream. Well, listen, Beth, I have a question. Will you join me for the after show? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Okay, awesome. Now, listeners, if you want to join us for the after show, all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash animals to the max to listen to the full interview. Beth, but before we leave, where can listeners find you, follow you? Are you online, social media? Yep. So we're West Oz Wildlife, OZ for Oz, um, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You're on TikTok too? I've only just joined. Oh, I you thought better... I joined the bandwagon, but Get it's not it. really taking off. So follow us. <laughs> okay, you know what? D- stick with it. Honestly, it is it is yeah. where it's at. TikTok is the future. <laughs> awesome. We will put the links in all the show notes. All right, let's head on over to the after show. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.